Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to be a successful foreclosure acquisition specialist. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. This is your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum recording at the Creative Density Studios in downtown Denver, Colorado with my production manager and main man, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's going on, Jay? I don't know. We're back, man. You know, I'm uh, I'm feeling good. You know, I made it through, you know, the, the last few weeks of what's the craziness that's been going on. It's like... You know, man, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come in the spring, so let's get it. Yeah, man, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. I think, you know, as you're hearing this, things are starting to settle down a little bit, I'm certain, you know, in, in the coronavirus uh, problem that's been, in, you know, the show we did recently, we went over that in detail, got a lot of response on that. Not all positive, mind you, but that's cool. That's yeah, cool. That's you know, right. that's you don't have to agree with everything I'm saying. You just got to listen, right? That's the bottom line. Hey. So we, uh, we're going to get right to it. A lot to discuss on the show, as always. We always start our show with an article. CNBC released an article that said, Home Builder Sentiment Falls as Coronavirus Begins to Factor In. Now, what they were basically saying, we're going to post the article up on the Foreclosure Deals Coach Facebook page, but basically the essence of it is home builders are a little nervous about what's going to happen to the coronavirus thing. And, and I can tell you as a real estate agent and investor, we've seen it too, where buyers are mysteriously backing out. They're asking for a lot more in general. That, that's number one. So first step was the requirement because prices have gotten so high. The very essence of selling a house has gotten more complicated. I think the buyer's expectations have gone up because they're paying a premium. And I can't say I blame them, right? So the home builders are seeing that as well. Certain buyers have jumped ship in general. So not as many buyers in the pool as it were. And then on top of that, you've got an expectation <clears throat> to build a upper end product because of the upper end price that home builders are charging. So how do we as potential foreclosure investors profit from that news? Well, the essence of it is, guys, you have to understand that you can be and produce a product as good, if not superior, to a home builder, right? Now, this is not to say that you're building a brand new house. If you live in a house that was built in the 1970s, you certainly aren't going to have 2020 finishes in your property, but you can certainly make it look that way and be more competitive. There's so much stuff you can do to your investment property, be it your current primary residence or the property you're planning to buy below market and then remodel to compete with home builders that you can now compete because the builders are starting to back off a bit. Right? You have to see the opportunity here. As an investor in real estate, and an investor applies to you whether you're buying to flip, whether you're buying to rent, or whether you're just buying to move your family in, you've got to look at real estate as an investment. Okay? Home builders most certainly do, and they're getting a little cold right now because they're concerned about the coronavirus epidemic, but you also have to understand they have substantially more to lose than you do. 
right? They've got millions of dollars invested into land and development and construction and parts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when they see a minor blip of the market, it could cost them millions. Whereas if you see a minor blip of the market, if the market goes down by two or 3%, your $300,000 home has gone down by six to $10,000, right? So by comparison, you've got a lot less to lose. Now, I know what you're thinking. Easy for you to say, Don you're a foreclosure investor, but guys, you have to think about this on a global scale. You have to think about this as to what you want to be, not where you currently are today. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Plan ahead, because if you're buying your first home, your eighth, you need to approach every home purchase as an investment purchase and buy below market. So what we do here on the show is we help to partner would-be investors with agents in their local market, who can appreciate finding a deal in that market as opposed to selling you a house, right? That's the whole purpose of the show. Because I want to make a difference out there in people who are buying property so they don't buy at the top of the market, get hit by whatever crisis is coming. We didn't know what was going to send the real estate market into a tailspin even a month ago, right? And I'm not saying we're in a tailspin. I just have been saying for a while that what goes up at the astounding rate to which real estate has gone up for the several past couple of years has to always come also come down at a similarly astounding rate, okay? What I didn't know, because my crystal ball is and was broken at the time, is what was going to be the catalyst that caused that. This coronavirus epidemic could quite possibly, note I'm saying could, because we still don't know, right, could quite possibly be the catalyst that drives real estate to a plateau, if not a reduction. I'm not talking about global collapse. I don't want anybody panic selling on my watch right now, (laughs) and I'm not trying to freak you out, so I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but I'm also saying that because we didn't know what was going to create the match that inevitably was going to make the change to real estate that had to happen, this might be said match. And if that's the case, you're going to want to understand how to best adapt to what's happening here. So today's show is titled Sweat Equity, The Essence of the American Dream, right? And and what I meant with that title is to say that the very way to benefit from any collapse is to buy under market assets. I don't, I don't care what it is. Listen, if Ferraris go on sale right now for half price, okay, and you understand the Ferrari investor market, first of all, call me. I'd love to talk to you about that. Um, but if you understand how the auto market moves very well and you see a substantial reduction in luxury cars, then you should buy in right? The stock market. If you're a professional stock trader, you're looking at the stock market that has dropped 20, 25%, give or take right now. Um, As as of this recording, we're looking at a 1,300 point Dow Jones drop. Like right now, it's happening. That's 5% off the market today. 
Okay, if you're a stock trader, you, you, there are two types right now. There are the guys you know you see in Black Monday uh, shows and whatnot where people are jumping off buildings because they lost so much money in the market. But I think the majority of the smart traders have pulled the majority of their money out and they're about to buy back in in droves. Okay, and the same is going to apply here to you getting sweat equity to purchase your home. So let's do some real world examples here. Okay, my primary residence in Colorado Springs was purchased out of foreclosure in a neighborhood that the prior owner had spent $665,000 to buy this house, okay? When I arrived at the house, it had scratches on the hardwood floors that you could literally put your finger into. Oh, wow. The carpet was torn up in the basement, and it smelled like dog pee prior to entering the property. Most people would have been turned off by those three factors enough to not even contemplate the $430,000 sales price of that property. Like 430,000. 430 grand. Now, me, anytime I walk into a property that smells really bad, right after my gag reflex kicks in, you know, I get over the <laughs> I start going, "Smells like money." <laughs> right? Because the worse the property sells, generally speaking, the more the spread is between the retail value and the current foreclosed price on it. My point is, is if you are willing to purchase sweat equity, you are setting yourself up for a long-term investment benefit, aka what we have commonly referred to in the housing market as the American dream. Now, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Well, when... A long time ago, when buying a house involved building it from the bottom up, okay, before banking was heavily involved, you literally homesteaded your land, right? You purchased the land, you got that going. You know, if it had utilities, you know, at the beginning, a lot of them didn't, so you had the outhouse, and et cetera, and you built that up. Over time, the banking industry recognized the value in these cr- fully created properties and started to lend on them, starting with actually, believe it or not, the five-year mortgage started out. It became the 10-year mortgage pretty quick. The 20-year mortgage became popular, and I can only imagine that one day a bunch of guys are sitting at a bank in some podunk town in the middle of nowhere and go, I want to try a 30-year mortgage, bro. (laughs) And everybody else went, there is no way anybody in their right mind is going to finance a widget that's that's basically getting less valuable over time for 30 years. You're insane. He said, we should try it, right? And they did. Now the 30-year mortgage has become normal. But the story doesn't end there, right? Today, banks are doing 40-year mortgages. And for a while, during the height of the subprime lending era, the 50-year mortgage was staying around. What? Isn't that insane? You're financing a house for 50 years. So how is that the American dream? That sounds like the American nightmare. Well, it could be. But what happened is you took a widget that took sweat and tears and materials that you could afford, right? If it cost you $20,000 to build that house and you had to do that from the ground up and you made it financeable over 30 years, so when you broke it down, that payment got so affordable that the $20,000 mortgage that was hard to come up with in cash to buy materials now became a $100,000 mortgage. Right, and as a result of the financing capabilities, not that house prices have, not that houses have gone up in value, actual in all actuality, but that buying them has gotten easier, right? Because you can spread it out so long that the widget that may have cost in this fifties when that house you bought was built maybe cost thirty, forty thousand is now a four hundred thousand dollar house in Denver, right? Real world. So where does this American dream kick in? Well, the families that 
really had to save their pennies to come up with a $50,000 loan to get that together are now sitting on a half a million dollars plus of equity in that property. So that wealth transferred to generation to generation, you got a couple rounds of generational transfer going from 50 to 400 grand, certain cases from 400 grand to multiple million dollars. You start talking about the coastal cities like New York or San Diego, where these 800 square foot houses that were built in the 60s for 40 or 50 grand are now worth literally millions of dollars, and that's where the American dream is coming from, right? Ah, okay. You built this thing up as a wealth-building tool, so you can now transfer generational wealth in a way that was just not possible before unless you were already part of some major economic boom like the oil and gas boom, right, or the gold rush, or et cetera. Wealth now became possible for everybody, and because we live in one of the greatest countries in the world, they renamed that wealth transfer the American dream. Let's reel all that back in to where we are today. How is sweat equity the very essence of the American dream? Well, there are two types of home buyers out there, okay? Home buyer number one is right now as we speak, standing in a new builder's office, picking out their colors for their kitchen and their flooring, and they're taking an already stupidly expensive widget, a 2,500-square-foot house that they're about to sign paperwork on for four hundred, maybe $450,000, and then they're adding to that, right? They're putting on features, like they want the touchpad screen. So they already overpaid. I need that. I need that touchpad. You got to have the touchpad screen. Oh, I, need, I need a second air conditioner. Why not? Upstairs, you know what I mean? Because we, we, we got to stay mad back. cool. Like, I got to be mad cool up in here, right? Sure. So they're adding on all these features, they've taken their $450,000 widget, by the time they've optioned this thing out, they paid $470,000. In the last market collapse, we saw people buying model homes, okay, that were so upgraded, it was silly for $100,000 to $150,000 ahead of what market comps were, just because the house was gorgeous, right? We used to sell, when I was in development, we would sell our models to perfectly savvy investors, and we would lease them back. Right? But we would charge them so much for the model home that there was no way to get out from under that property. And then we'd use it as an office for a while. We'd move out. They'd move into their home. Generally, everybody was happy, okay? But that, my friend, was the American nightmare. Because what we didn't know, it was when the market corrected, they were already upside down. And then as the market started to dive, they got more and more upside down, resulting in these upper-end homes foreclosing, which brought down pressure. They got cheaper when they foreclosed, right? So now the lower-end homes, they're also getting cheaper. And it started to become a domino effect where nobody could fully recover. Okay, buying at the top of the market almost always has that effect at some point in the market cycle. The, the American dream of buying sweat equity allows you, Mr. Joe Schmo, regular guy who's out there buying a house, to buy a property under market while you're holding your nose because it doesn't smell right, it doesn't look good, doesn't have the latest paint colors or the latest appliances, and because you're buying this property for, let's say, $280,000 in a neighborhood that's worth three hundred fifty dollars to $400,000, you are setting yourself up financially for the American dream because later on, when you go to sell that property, even if the market goes down, if you bought it with enough equity to begin with, you're going to be protected. Right? And more than likely, even if the market goes down, it's going to do what after? It's going to come back up. It's going to come back up. Right? So you bought it for $350. I'm sorry, you bought it for $280. It's worth $350 when you get it into good condition by painting it and carpeting it and flooring it. The market goes down a little bit. Right? So now it drops down to $325. Remember, you, already, you bought it for $280, so you're good. Right. 
you, you still got a gap, right? You live there a little bit longer, the market comes back up, but not only goes back to where it was, but surpasses that, and now that property is worth four hundred grand. Okay, Ooh. you're just doing what you've been doing anyway, paying your monthly mortgage payment to your lender. So you've taken that two eighty balance and you've now paid it down to two fifty. Oh, okay. Maybe two forty. So the property went up in value. You paid down the equity. Suddenly, in a, in a, you know how long it would take a typical American earner to save one hundred fifty thousand dollars? I don't know how long, but I know it it's a while, right? Seems like a long time. Uh, Ten years. 12 years, right? Now you've done this in four to five years with one house purchase. Oh, wow. Okay, that's wealth building. That's the American dream. And the key to it, the very essence of it, is to be able to look at your property as an opportunity to invest in yourself as opposed to a place to live. Sweat equity being the very essence of the American dream. I took that one property, and I have multiple others that I purchased out of foreclosure, but this one, the one I bought for 430 is my favorite because today that house was worth 665 when I bought it. According to what the last guy paid for it, today it's worth a little over $800,000. All right. Over the years, I've paid it down to just below $300,000 I owe on the property. That's a half a million dollars, okay? At the tender age of 42 years old, I'm sitting on $500,000 in equity in one of my properties. That's one of them. Okay? And I'm not sharing that with you to brag, guys. I'm sharing that with you because we, it's happening around us today, right now. If you are willing to purchase a home with sweat equity built into it, meaning you're buying it below market because it needs work, you can virtually guarantee that by putting in a little elbow grease, right? Yep, we had to paint that house. Hated it. Don't like painting. Got it done. We had to put new carpet in it. I did not do that. I heard that out because that's crazy work, right? Sure. That's crazy work, right? We put in new floors in the property. Oh, we right. invested a ton of late nights and sweat equity building today be sitting on a property that's worth more than double what I paid for it at the time on top of what I paid down over the last seven years of owning it, right? And that's the American dream. Okay, the American nightmare is the one that's setting you up to buy a house at the top of the market and pray with every fiber of your being that the market doesn't collapse around you and end up finding you in a negative equity position where you're foreclosing that property and some savvy investors buying your property. Okay, two ways you could approach this. I'm just hoping that because you're listening to this show, the foreclosure deals coach, that you're going to understand that you can take this sweat equity opportunity. You can take the fact that every hour of every day, houses are slowly being destroyed from the inside. Kids are marking up the walls with crayon as we speak. Somebody's spilling Kool-Aid on brand new carpeting somewhere right this moment. It's happening. Okay, and as long as humans are living in households and tearing them up a little bit, we will have the opportunity to re rebuild or build our entire financial empire with sweat equity. That's the American dream, ladies and gentlemen. That's the opportunity that we present to you here on this show. You know? So listen, regardless of what you're going through financially, if you're not exactly sure what your retirement looks like, I got to tell you, at the time of buying that house, I didn't even think I could swing the mortgage payment. I was struggling. You know, I had a pretty decent income, enough to qualify for that loan, but I had no idea how I was going to swing that nearly $3,000 a month mortgage every single month, but I toughed it out, right? This investing thing is not supposed to be easy. If you're talking to your financial planner and he's got you on a plan to put you in stocks with 10% of your income being invested in your 401k, that's not easy. Right? Nothing about investing for your future is supposed to be comfortable or easy, including your home purchase. 
right? So if you're a young person, old person, et cetera, and you're trying to figure out how to supplement your retirement in the future, might I recommend taking the American dream seriously and going out and buying yourself a deal with a ton of sweat equity, thus building your own American dream. And we certainly would like to be a part of that. As always, to get involved, just head on out to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Facebook page, message that's there, or reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach. Let's talk about getting you started in the essence of real estate investing. But let me tell you, if we walk into a house and you're madly in love with it, it's the best house you've ever seen, I have failed at my job. My job is to help you buy a deal in the marketplace, okay? And those deals come with some built-in sweat equity. They're going to need your work, your blood, your sweat, your tears in order for you to build a future for your family. That's the idea behind foreclosure investing. All right. So we're going to keep that dialogue going, but I really wanted to go over people like, you know, how can you call foreclosure buying an American dream? It sounds terrible. Listen, it's the very essence of it. Our grandparents understood that very well. Most of our parents understood that they had to buy a house under market in a neighborhood they might not care for that much right? At a price they didn't believe they could afford so they could build a future for their families. That's the idea. We've got to get that attitude back to our real estate market and not be looking only at the top of the market because that's a very dangerous place to be all of the time, right? We're going to wrap up because we're out of time for today's show. But hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it has been awesome, the outpouring. Like We've had a lot of listenership, a lot of growth. We got this chart where we can see the amount of downloads on the podcast. It has been steadily increasing since we got started, so that's a great sign that you guys are out there, and we're getting some wonderful questions. Keep that up. Uh, we promise we're going to bring in some more guest hosts and uh, have some more people on the show. But also, you ask us. Ask us on the Foreclosure Deals Coach page, what questions can we answer for you in the world of foreclosure investing? The world's changing. A lot's happening right now, and now is the time to start building your foreclosure empire. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, reminding you as always, don't buy a house, buy a deal. 